podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Thanks for choosing this free Anfield Index podcast. If you'd prefer to listen to this or any of our other shows without adverts, then now's the time to check out Anfield Index Pro. With AI Pro, you can supercharge your entire listening experience. You'll not only get all of our podcasts without the ads, but you'll have them far faster with our quick publish feature available exclusively for subscribers. AI Pro also puts you in the heart of our sound studio with an option to listen to many of our shows live and interact with the podcasters in real time as the shows are recording. Upgrading couldn't be easier. AI Pro is available on all popular podcast platforms and we have our own apps for Apple and Android. Just head on over to AnfieldIndexPro.com and get started today. So we are going to have a little bit of fun now because we're going to talk about our opponents. Now, um, Rosie, you've already done Phil for Man City. We gave, you know, because Phil's the cleverest member of the team, so we gave him the, 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 biggest, the biggest challenge to do Man City. Let's start with Man City. So who are their key signings and departures? So do you want me to do that bit first, yeah? Yeah. So yeah. I'll do... So their departures as we go live now, all right, is uh, Jesus, Fernandinho, Shishenko, and Sterling, right? I'm um, ignore the keepers because they seem to change all of the stuff, right, all, all the time, yeah. So they're your four main ones, and they've brought in Harlan, Phillips, and uh, Alvarez, yeah. The other rumored one is uh, Cucurella, which also Chelsea are interested in as well. So uh, that 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 doesn't happen as that at the moment, but that was early season was rumored to be in. So. I sort of looked at those units and said, well, what's the percentage difference between the player going out and coming in, yeah? Um, as, as your main metrics in terms of XG, non, non-penalty XG, assists, and equally, if you look on uh, F, FB Brief, there's the uh, plus or minus 90, so how much they add to the into the into um, into their team's performance. And it, it's quite interesting. If you look at minutes, uh, the only player that... Um, could has done more minutes than the player he would be replacing is the one they haven't signed yet. So Kurkarella has has, has three thousand minutes over and Shinko only had only had eighteen hundred. So all the other players coming in have played less than um the players they're replacing. The GC's played twenty six hundred minutes, Harland only played twenty three hundred. You know, uh, Alves uh, is limited data because of his youngster and he's from South America, but I played one 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 one, and Sterling played just over three thousand minutes. So there's a difference there in terms of the minutes played. You could argue that uh, Grealish was brought in last season to replace Sterling, maybe, uh, and he'll play more this year. But I think there's still a bit of a those Shishenko minutes at the moment are not covered in the back line. Um, that's eighteen hundred worth of minutes of cover that they haven't brought into the squad. Yeah. Um, in terms of their their impact on the side, should we say? So the difference between the forwards, and once you start doing it in percentage difference, it kind of got, it got a bit shocking for me, really. So Jesus added one point five xG to them as a team, right? Now the difference between him and Harland is minus fifty two percent. Yeah, so that's the difference. Harland his impact on the side was still positive, but it's not as positive as Jesus. Now you've got the Bundesliga tax in that as well, so you could argue that Harlan's in, which has got to be a factor. So that could go either way, though. That could mean that Harlan's impact in terms of City in the Premier League could be even less. Yeah, Um, in terms of the midfield choice, 
So although we look at Fernandinho being the guy who always used to do cheat fouls, always annoy us, yeah, by doing that, he added actually 1.4 xG when he was on the pitch. Now Phillips, yes, he's playing. He was playing in a poor lead side last season, had a negative 0.48. So that that's quite a big change. Now I'm not saying Phillips won't have a negative impact on City. I think he, you know he's a good player, but that's still a that's a different type of player in terms of what he's offering. Um, he also doesn't offer him as much as XG or assists as uh, Fernandinho did. So that's a different player they've brought in in terms of midfield. Um, Sterling. Now Alvarez's numbers, because they're they're really hard to get hold to, and they're they're quite they're not as well resourced. They're not that bad when compared to Sterling. He's probably the only signing that I'd say compared well. He's actually ahead of Sterling in terms of XG, non-opponent XG, and assists. So you know Alvarez's assists per ninety or 0.46, where Sterling was 0.2. So that could be a really good signing for them. But the fact that he's only played just over a thousand minutes and Sterling's used to doing three thousand minutes. Again, you're asking quite a lot of a kid to come in and, and fill those boots. So, yeah, I, I think it's a change. And I would suggest that by not replacing Sushenko, they're going to have to spread that load at the back. And there's minutes at the front in the forward unit, which they're going to have to work out and replace. They might already have resources in board with, with Grealish. Um, and Alvarez was rumoured to be going out loan, although he played on Saturday, so he might be kept. The other part I looked at, um, this is my remember, I ran a model on how City produced their non-permanent XG. So what are the factors that uh, are correlated to that uh, and we can produce a model? Monte Carlo model. No, it's a slightly different one. This is using regression analysis. So, um, And the key factors in terms of City's play that through that regression analysis, which is looking at how, how certain variables impact the output, in this case, what attacking metrics significantly input uh, affect City's ability to produce non-opponent XG. And those factors, as I mentioned last season, were long pass completion, key passes and dribble success. Okay, so they were quite distinctive patterns of City's play. And when you look at the players coming in, none of them improve those metrics. They're all negative over 50% of those metrics. The only one that comes near to replacing the player who he is in terms of those metrics is, again, the player they haven't signed, Cucurella, who is not far off the impact that uh, Shishinko said. So taking that all into account, this does suggest to me that City are, are tweaking what they do uh, because the players are coming in don't seem to have the same profile as the players they're replacing, if that makes sense. So you're making a good case here, Phil. I'm getting excited. Stop. Right, we need to have a look at what... Is there anything that there was... Like last season, their numbers were obviously... And I assume this season that we should expect them to just get pretty much the same and it was whether we could top what they got last season. Yeah. Is there anything running running hot and cold at? Because this is... It's stats analysis. We need to... uh, no, you know, for me, I, I'm always about big, big, big loads of numbers, right? So again, using the same method I used in Liverpool, their their defence and attack were bang on. Um, scoring their medium was 96. They scored 99 goals, so they probably slightly outperformed by three goals, you know. But the standard deviation, uh, which is like the range, if you like, it's just complete randomness. That yeah, it, it's like yeah, it, it's pretty much they they scored what they should have scored, if that makes sense. Uh, yeah. Defensively wise, again, absolutely bang on. Mean of 25, median 26, standard deviation of four. So 
you know, it's they were in line with the metrics as much as you could you, you could have expected from last season. The amount of xG they conceded, the amount of xG they they took in shots, if you like. So, for me, I, I mean, the range there for defensively is five, uh, as in standard deviation, and the range for attacking is what seven and a half. So. The question for me with City is because those players coming in don't match up the metrics of the players they're replacing, would that mean that that range comes into about and they're defending and attacking and it goes the wrong way for them? So they regress by goal scoring and they regress by can they concede more than they should do? I think you could read into that something with the numbers. But again, we don't know. They might have tweaked the system and uh, I think you've also got the fact that they haven't for me, they haven't covered the defensive minutes and they haven't, they might not have covered the attacking minutes. So, whereas we suffered with, with our players basically fatigued at the end of the season, they might have that same issue. And I think they might have more power going to the World Cup. So, just to try and like summarize this for City, are we saying like the key things to watch for them are, are the players that they've replaced, are the players that they've bought to replace those that have left? You don't think that you think they've got an issue with replacing all the minutes because they let some volume leave. Yeah, because the is, and you're not even sure on the quality if you're just looking at the XG replacement. Is that? A, yeah, I, I'm not saying. Is that that, we, is? Yeah, I'm not saying that Harlan's not a good player, right? I'm just saying he's different to no, what he's no, replacing. No, no, no. You know, uh, so I think they're all good players. What they've signed, they're just different. They're not the same. Whereas we've brought a player in who largely fits a profile of player we wanted, right? You know, he fits in. You can see how he does similar things. Uh, I think Sai said Diaz is very much like the early Mane for us, right? Without the finishing. So, that, that, yeah, Jota very much fits in like a glove, does what he needs to do. For me, these City signings are not that. They're different, which points to me that, that Pep is trying to tweak the system. If he gets that right, fair enough. Yeah, they could find another way to produce the next G. I'd be more worried about the fact that they, Shishenko, as much as he was this. He wasn't a starter for them. He still covered a lot of minutes in defence. And they started the weekend with, what, two of their starting centre-halves missing. Um, both first-choice full-backs. But I'm just saying, they had issues with Walker's availability in the last season. So I would I would suggest that their availability of players and the minutes to cover in defence particularly could cause them issues. But then they've got a few days left to go and buy another 50 million pound full-back. So, you know. <laughs> and they have spent quite a bit on their 50 million pound full-backs in the past. Mm. Um, so this is my favourite bit. We've done twenty odd minutes. What? Um, this is where you've got to put your neck on the line, Phil, and you have to go with a prediction. For we'll start with City because we're on them. So we want points, goals scored, goals conceded, position. Okay, so I've I've got that. I I think they'll concede nearer thirty goals this season. Wow. Um. I think they will be slightly less on the goal scoring. So I think, well, they scored 99 last season. I think they'll be in and around 96. Which is basically uh, what the XG is. Which, yeah, which is what the, the MCs are saying to me, um, what the predictions are saying. So I would suggest they they can see more goals and they score slightly less. Not by a lot. We're talking little margins here and there. But that's pretty much where we are, isn't it? With this the dogfight of 90-odd points, it literally takes a goal here and there and the title changes. Three out of four seasons now, isn't it, Phil? So. Yeah. And I think that'll mean... I actually think they'll get the same... I think 93 points. 
So I think they'll get 93 points. Now, I know you're on the clock now, Rosie. So do you want, you've got Tottenham Hotspur. Do you want to go next? And me and me and Sai can wrap up ours after you have to duck off. Yeah. Tottenham are quite interesting. A lot of people are big on the Tottenham bandwagon, aren't they? And I think there's, I think there's fair reason. Um, they, they, are, they had the highest um, non-penalty XG per shot last season, um, which is always good if you're process of creating shots is creating the highest. It was 0.13. So the range between the top and the bottom is 0.13 to 0.09. But across a big sample of games, that's significant, as we know from um, people. You know, the shot quality, we're talking about Diaz, and then we're talking about, you know, Mane. So it doesn't matter. Um, But what what have they added? Um, No, before I come to what they added, what, what did they... Do last season once Conte came in because they had a terrible start to the season, didn't they? And when they came in after three games, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> from, from when from when Conte arrived to when they finished the season, um, their performance was definitely the third best. Um, yeah. They were the third best team in the league. They scored sixty goals from fifty four on penalty xg, so a tiny bit of performance there. Um, and they conceded 24 from 27 with a non-penalty XG difference of 28. So that is really impressive, but it, it's it's nearly, um, it's that m- magic figure that we talk about, Dan, it's nearly one non-penalty XG difference a game, mm. which you can, you can challenge for a title with that, with a bit of fortune. You yeah. know, teams yeah. have won titles with less, but... In a league that consists of Man City and Liverpool with their levels that they're at at in the past four years, that's not going to be enough. Um, So have they had added anything with their transfers um, to take them above and towards the 1.2, 1.3 levels? Um, I don't know is is the answer to that question. Maybe. They've they've, they've added... um, let me just get it up now. Their, their signings is the big one. The big, the most expensive was Richarlison um, from Everton. Yeah, I really liked him when he first went to Everton. I think I've got a bit of bias in me of how he's performed in um, recent seasons. But he he seems like a really good Conte player. His defensive work for a forward is. Pretty much as good as it gets, according to StatsBomb. Um, he didn't get ninety third percentile for pressures. He can cover every position. Lot, yeah. Yeah. Yes, he plays centre forward. Style, yeah, yeah. He gets his shots, two and a half shots a game. Point um, two for his assists. But in the last twelve months, he's not been very good. But he was in a very poor team, so it's yes. hard. Yeah, it's hard to judge that. Um, they signed Yves, Yves Basuma, again another player that we, I think we've been linked with in the past. Um, again, a Conte player. He's, he's got the pass completion, but he's also got hasn't got the pressures. But and he was playing for Brighton, so I'm a bit shocked by that. Yeah, um, he's quite low compared to other midfielders for he's, how, he's, how impressive. He might, I think he might be the single best transfer package for the whole thing of, of, in the in the Premier League. Do you think? Yeah. For the val- for the for the quality of the player and the price they got him at, I think in the end, I think that's that was a really really good deal. 
He's definitely he's definitely got the defensive work. He posts the numbers yeah. very similar um, to Idris Gay, who Everton might be signing back, but he's got the volume in the tackles interception block. Yeah. Um, but again, like I say, I'm not. There's a little bit of an issue there with his pressures. If we're going on stats bombs data, um, that I would have thought that Brighton are a good press inside and. Him not to perform that level in midfield is a little bit of a concern. But Perisic as well. Now, Perisic was playing fullback last season a lot. Well, he's so, playing well, hasn't he? So he's playing. Yeah, so that's that's one of those where you, your manager goes and gets someone that he knows. It looks um, pretty safe, doesn't it? And he's old, but it looks it's a pretty safe bet for Conte, isn't it? Absolutely. So, and then the centre back from Barca, Clement Longley. Um, I would refer everybody to the um, AI scouted assessment of Clement Longley. I don't think there's anything to worry about there. <laughs> Do you not? No, <laughs> as you look really good on the ball, Dan. Three, 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 the three lads who do the AI scouted, it's, it's, it's um, Dave, Carl, um, Carl and oh, um, Guy. And they are all trashed Longley. Absolutely trashed him. Interesting, because his well, his, his numbers. Let's let's do a little bit of a anyway, just listen it's a defensive side of things, Rosie. So okay. you think so overall they've had a good window, haven't they? Right? Yes. But what does that add to a team? Well what do you, what do you think Conte adds to how much do how much do we say Conte won the league with Chelsea ninety three points? He got I think he added twenty points season on season with Chelsea. Hmm. I think it's fair to say that. Well, that was a miss. They they'd won the league this season. All that they just had they just had Mourinho throw his toys out for. Came in. (laughs) Oh look, how many points I've improved! Like that's that's a that's a Roy Hodgson thing. He he just he he is what he is. It was it was one freak season. Conte is a great manager, but that what I'm not giving him that improvement. Okay, so (laughs) what do you what do you think he what do you think with that improved transfer window? And um, with a good transfer window and with Conte, what do you think they can add to last season? Realistically, chaps, I, th- I think I think double figures points. I think he definitely added that when he came in last season. It's not looking at anybody else; just looking at what he added to Spurs relative to the one the manager they had before and one the manager they had the season before. He's definitely added ten points. Um, just through, just so through. That would, up, that would take him up to eighty, eighty-one. Yeah, no, I'm I'm taking that from what he added when he came from last season. So if we go from what they had, I, I'd say I'd say seventy five points for Spurs. Um, I can't see much more than that. They are affected quite badly by the um, World Cup, and the key thing for me, and looking at all of Spurs' stats, they are so reliant on two players. Dan, I'm not like no. That's, let's let's be fair. Let's be fair. It's three players if you look at from the January transfer window on. and I've some great numbers. Um, assists, especially shot create goal, uh, shot creation. He was up there, top of the league, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, but if they have an injury, significant one to Kane or Son, I can't see where them. Like Richarlison's not going to replace Son's contribution. No. He's not going to replace Kane's contribution. And I know Sai is a Kane... Only some of it. <coughs> I know Sai is a Kane sceptic, but Kane's numbers in terms of goals and assists last year were, were for, like, as good as it gets, really. Um, so, you know, 10 expected assists and 20 expected goals. If yeah. one player gets injured there for four months, you're losing so much of your production, Dan, and so much of your link-up. 
Yeah, I mean, one question, one thing I had, one thing I noticed. So on Spurs, and the books are knackered. When you, when you list when you listed all the t- when you list all the Premier League teams by the shots shots that they concede and what percentage of those that they managed to block, Spurs were top of the Premier yeah. League. They had the most opposition shots blocked um, by quite a way. Now, my thing, this is I guess I come on here is my my concern with Conte and Spurs is that we all know. The Premier League is, you know, it, it, they they all piggyback off each other, all the teams. And once there's enough video and enough footage of a team, then they all adapt to that team and they start doing the things that that team doesn't like. And I would say, are we at that point now where we've got two-thirds of a season with Conte, that yeah. there's enough video out there for teams to set up and do what Spurs don't want to have done to them? You let them have the ball, you mean? Yeah, yeah, make them build, make them build up normally. Make them, make them build no, up convention. You're not going to counter on us. That's it. Mm. They'll do what they do to us. You're not countering us. Okay, see what you got, Spurs. And we don't know what they've got. That's the honest truth. We do not know. Conte doesn't know what they've got. Harry Kane can't can't make one touch through balls in yards of space by standing in the centre circle. If they ha- if they've they've got a packed defence, so what can he create once? Yeah, like, they're, still, they're still having four shots a game, though. What do you mean? He's still having four shots per ninety. Yeah. yeah, I mean, oh, he always he really did do the double shirt from his own box to get. <laughs> so, so what, what do we think on Spurs? So, do we think um, the top four? Yeah, for sure. I, th- I think third, seventy-five points. Say, uh, I don't care, and I think so. Is is I don't think they get more than seven. So I I I, I the actual number each team. I'm just going to say thresholds. My threshold for them for Spurs improvement. I think they're a bit of a myth. Is seventy five. Okay, uh, I'm going to go. They I, might they on. might get as many as seventy nine, Rosie. But I agree. I think they're going nice. to come third. I think they're going to come third. I I think that their their uh, chance of their their variance. Of, of output is the biggest of of the four we're going to talk about here because mm. because they only need one injury to destroy yeah. them yeah 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 like everybody yeah. else has like, talking about Liverpool earlier range yeah yeah, yeah. I still, I still think, I still think Richarlison is a good signer for them because he does cover all of the front three and they do have an just because cool. yeah yeah. I mean, you don't you don't get to start a centre regular starting centre forward for Brazil if you're shit. Yeah, Jesus managed to without scoring, didn't he? Richarlison plays plays for Brazil because their manager thinks he he is Klopp, and he, what he's trying to do is create an, a, a false nine that just runs all day long and allows Neymar to do with. That's all it's about, and he runs a little bit more than Bobby now because Bobby's a bit old. Uh, I think that's all it is. It's got you've got to remove the thoughts of oh he plays centre still, so he must be a player. Oh, okay, okay, fair enough. I'm that told me that <laughs> that told me. Right, Sai, you got Chelsea, mate. Um, what do you make of Chelsea? <sighs> Chelsea, if you remember uh, the October, I think it was that they, they were top of the league. They had a bigger lead in we than we had at any point last season, and the bad. world was loving Chelsea. And on a pod, I, I said Chelsea were a myth. And I got absolutely lambasted for it on the internet. And three weeks later, 
they dived and barely recovered more than a Brendan team. And they are they are the myth. They are a myth. They are going to improve this season a little bit because they they replaced a lad they should never have bought, who they never played with uh, a much better lad who is still I don't understand why criminally underrated in England um in Raheem and um they will get much more a much better production for their team from Raheem so they can justify their third place finish in the league I'm going with 76 points for Chelsea and I think that's their that's their that they could get 76 points they've got a lot of good players and, and so they have much better resistance to injury than um, than Spurs do. They've got a lot more good players, and they have one of my favourite players, um, who I think is going to be, who could well be the young star of the season next year in Connor. Um, they, they've got back from Crystal Palace, and so he'll be he'll be he'll be uh, alongside Mason Mount, who very as well ten, um, and they'll be fighting it out as. They Go played him right wing in the friendlies. He's Tuchel's played him Gallagher right wing. Yeah, he's doing this Tommy Tickle thing, isn't he? Yeah, it's a madness. So, side, so, what's what's holding Chelsea back from um, trying to bridge the gap to Liverpool and City? Um, I think it's whoever is buying their seven left backs. Um, they're, they're not really, really, really utilizing their resources very well. I don't think are they. Not they're not re- utilizing their resources particularly uh, uh, efficiently, are they? They they apart from they keep recycling. Who um, I remember Dave talking about in like 2012 as the, as I don't know when we bought Andy Carroll. I think he wanted to, wanted us to buy Michi, and he's still not any good. Um, and Chelsea Chelsea still don't want him, but he keeps coming back off loan. Um, so who have they added this season? They've got Raheem in for Lukaku, Koulibaly in for Rudiger. Yeah. They are losing Christensen, who played a decent number of minutes last season, but, but over the last couple of years, um, and they're bringing back Ethan Empado. Yeah. One of their kids who's, you know, he's a good lad, um, but nothing spectacular. He is going to barely play along. Uh, uh, let, he's going to fight out for the crumbs of minutes that Chalabar gets. Um, and is not a game changer. They've lost Saul, um, and I, I, I think they're hoping that Raheem, alongside uh, Connor and and Havertz, evolving into the player they hoped he yeah. is, are going to be the the keys to their squad. But I I think they've given up on the they um, without, and I think they have less resistance to injury. Than um, well, they've got the than us is the big thing because they have really important factors throughout their squad. That if if Rudiger gets injured, if Koulibaly gets injured, they're screwed. Um, if James gets injured, they've got a big issue, and James is going to get injured. He always gets. Injured. Yeah, um, his man, and then his if Ru- minutes played for this ever in a season, uh, he's he's still a kid, so, uh, so he, he's played. Yeah. Yeah, two thousand four hundred. Mm. Yeah, and, and that was with player, like but, yeah. European. That was with the, like Europa games. Oh, yeah. So, so question for you, say, tactical question: Can Chelsea play four at the back with Thiago Silva? Thiago Silva's like the mummy for. He's like Mumra. Um, who knows at this point? He should 
he should not be able to get back from. Yeah, that's what I mean. They, so, have, to play, they have to play a back three, don't they? To, to, to they do have to play a back three with him. Yeah, that's yeah. my feeling. They have, to play, they have to play a back three with him, and I, I, I like Koulibaly, but put Koulibaly and, and uh, Thiago Silva at centre back together, who both like playing left centre back. Mm. I, I, I think they get done. Yeah, who's the right? Who's um, the right centre back in this, this Chelsea system? It's one of those kids. Yeah, Chalabar or Aspilaqueta if he stays. Yeah, or Ampadu. Yeah, yeah. Um, and and they've got issues in midfield in the um, the Jorginho who plays all the time. Kante extremely injury prone now. That's exactly what I was going to say. That uh, Kante, it's it's coming about that he's actually forty seven. Uh, he just falsified his documents. Um, and so, so um, it, he isn't actually 28 that he's been in the last 12 years. So um, his body is falling apart and Jorginho can only jog. He, he's got chronic knee, in, knee issues. And so, like, yeah, they've got real, like, oh, midfield, centre midfield problems. Before last season, wasn't he, as well? He only played 2,700 in all clumps. So. Yeah, who is a phenomenal player. They've got lots of phenomenal players. They largely don't fit together that well. And uh, the opposite of what Chelsea used to have. Yeah. Um, if you remember us talking for so okay. long, they, okay. they had the perfect recruitment in that they just bought lads that never got injured. Cyborgs, yeah. yeah. And now they've got loads of lads that get injured all the time. Yeah. Yeah. Um, have they signed Cucurella yet? Uh, they've put, they've had a 50 million offer. Oh, madness. The, I, I, I thought could, I thought the world has come to every suddenly this season like big players are going for thirty five million all over the place, yeah. and they're like oh maybe it's come back to normal, and then Cucurella's uh, going for fifty. What? Yeah. But, but 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 not only that, they have they already have Ben Chilwell and he's back in training. Yeah, I just don't get it when you've already got Ben Chilwell who was extremely good left back. You've got Koulibaly, who's your left centre-back. Where, do, you know, I, I just do not get spending that much money on that player no. in that squad. And you've already got Marcus Alonso and you've got Emerson still knocking around. Yeah. Nuts. So you think 76? It, it, like, is, it is kind of nuts. I, 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 guess, I think they get 76. I, I just, can I just have a bit of a rant here? I just think the arrogance of Todd Bowley is absolutely astonishing. To come in from sport he has no clue about to come in and think he can be a director of football sack everybody involved with the old regime and then do the job himself <laughs> I, I i just think it's one of the most arrogant things i've ever seen from an official at a, at a club in any sport shocking. I, I, get, I get what you're saying but do you know he actually not like he, he doesn't have any direct experience professionally in football but he has lots within sport there are lots of similarities Interact. He has been with uh, Billy Bean, and there's a bunch of baseball dudes that are mates that like have fantasy together. Yeah. But football, and he's one of those guys. So he doesn't have any experience, but he does understand football. I think he understands football at a level probably being a little arrogant, but he doesn't understand the intricacies. Yeah. I mean, can you imagine John Henry being director of football instead of Damien Camoldi when the Red Sox um, Fenway first took over? Good God. Anyway. Unbelievable. <laughs> so um, I think Chelsea's slightly worse than last season. I'm going to go 74, 73 potentially. Rosie? Yeah, I'm with you there, Dan. 73, 74. But even, you know, 76 could still come fourth. 
and I do yeah. think they will. Fourth, I'm going fourth for Chelsea. Yeah, Rosie, you fourth, fourth. Yeah, yeah. Okay. We don't that many points that high up. The, so, so how how many? Just think, everyone else is going to be that bad. So everybody below the top four are going to be that bad that that many points are recycling. Yeah, I think, I think sixty for fifth. <laughs> we'll come on to those two now. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. I got, so I, I got Arsenal, Man United. So quickly on that, um, Arsenal have fined Gabriel Jesus from Manchester City for a ridiculous amount of money. Alexander Zinchenko from Man City for a ridiculous amount of money. Fabio Vieira after we declined our option. Um, from Porto for a, a significant amount of money. Um, they've signed um, Marquinhos, I know nothing about from um, from Brazil. Um, Saliba's come back off loan. Guendouzi, Hector Bellerin's come back off loan. Uh, and they haven't really... They've, 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 they've let go um, Lacazette, finally. Um, and... Gwendouzi, I think, and somebody else, maybe. So they've had, they've they've actually they had big problems with their squad depth last season, Arsenal, um, and they also had no European competition. Um, they had thirteen defeats in the Premier League last season. Um, yeah, um, I don't see how what they've done with that with the squad that they have already with the players that they brought in, there's some okay players, I think, in there. I wouldn't say it was a good window. Um, there's potentially some exciting, you know, Arsenal, Arsenal fans are getting very excited about um, a front four of um, Odegaard, um, Jesus, Saka, and um, Martinelli. Um, he, I, I, yes, there's some nice there's some nice players there. They're pressed a lot. Um I'm struggling to see where the goals are coming from personally. Um, um, and on Smith Row, um, this is really one to, my one to watch for the season, actually, because of all the things that he was Arsenal's most effective forward in all round last season, pretty much. Uh, he had 58% of all his shots on target, 25% shot conversion, and he was 4.3 goals above his expected. I just don't... Th- it'd be really interesting to see, is Emil Smith Row actually that good going forward or is that a severely hot start which is going to come come back down to earth so he's, he's not even going to play though who smith row yeah wow he's not he's, he's not in their first choice three he's in the rotation is he mm, yeah kind of but they've, they've got a specific Did I cut Darth off then? No, I, I think you. I, th- I, I thought you cut off. Sorry, mate. Um, yeah, no. you were talking about Smith Rowe. Yeah, uh, yeah. No, I, I, he's a good lad. He's a really. He's fallen out of love, and and in the heat ways they play from, uh, and he is now the fifth or sixth in that front four rotation. Yeah, and I'm I'm really I'm really sorry about this. Any Arsenal fans, listen, I just cannot see how. There is going to be any improvement from last season at all? Oopsie. Well, I think I think Jesus is a really good signing. Um, 
I think Martinelli's got more minutes under his belt, so will contribute. Um, would, he score, would he score more goals at the Emirates next season than Diogo Jota? <laughs> That's his first band stat, and, uh, <laughs> and I think yes, he will. But um, but I, I'm with you, Dan. I don't see where the volume of goals is coming from. Yeah, I don't see. I think if you need to get, if you're going to get 75 points, you probably need about 75 goals, and I don't see them scoring more than 60. Yeah, yeah, I think they'll come into. I think they'll run into the same problems they did last season. That they'll have a few good results against teams that should beat, and then they'll get absolutely dicked by a half decent team, um, and then it'll all fall apart. Um, and and I think more most importantly, but I don't don't see what they've got in the centre midfield areas. There've been no additions there. No. Maybe unless 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 Zinchenko's coming into play, maybe uh, maybe in midfield more. Um, which might Since Zinchenko's been playing in midfield, has he? Yeah, yeah, yeah so that's his plan. Yeah, Saliba's good. That centre half that they brought back that they brought ages ago that's come back from loan. Yeah, uh, I I think I think they're building. Yeah. Uh, so and also they've also been to get better. They've all they also have a terrible goalkeeper. I mean Aaron Ramsdale. Um, yeah, I, yeah. I, I, yeah, he he. I think he could be. One of the worst goalkeepers in the in the Premier League this season. He's certainly the most overrated. Yeah, but I think what we'll see in terms of his metrics, he might might want again another one one to watch. I think he could end up as one of the the worst statistical keepers in the league this this season. Um, yeah, so, I, that's so, true. Which brings us on to our favourite club, Manchester United. Um, <laughs> so. Um, Manchester United ended last season with 57 goals conceded in the Premier League and a zero goal difference. Um, they snuck what a joy into... to watch it was as well. <laughs> they snuck into the uh, the Europa League um, um, largely thanks to one man, which was David De Gea. Um, they faced the fifth highest post-shot XG in the Premier League. Um, and De Gea had the second best performance against post-shot XG of any keeper in the league. He actually had higher than Allison last year. Plus 6.7 he saved versus expected. Um, and he, one other thing here is the, um, Man United have the fewest sweeper-keeper actions in the Premier League last season, uh, along with West Ham, which maybe is just be expected from Moisey. Um, but only nine sweeper-keeper actions in 38 games by De Gea. Or the other Man United goalkeepers, and De Gea also faced the the fewest percentage of crosses into the box stopped, which is a thing on um, how, how any balls, any crosses come into the box, the keeper either blocks them or claims them or punches them away. And he had the second, he had the fewest in the Premier League with three point three percent. So all this tells me is that David De Gea stays on his line, and he's extremely passive, and he doesn't come for anything. And with what I've seen of Eric Ten Hag and what he's trying to do, I think that is completely incompatible with what Eric Ten Hag is trying to do. And I think the gap between United's defence and their keeper is going to be a theme, shall we say, of, of the season. And I, and, and I just don't see how they are going to be equipped to um, to cover that because they're either going to force De Gea to come out and do something he really doesn't want to do or they're going to have to drop off to make sure that the space is mitigated, which will cause them problems in build-up. Um, they have sold an incredible amount of players, uh, or left. The, the squad has been incredibly reduced. So Paul Pogba, 
Jesse Lingard, Nemanja Matic, uh, Dean Henderson on loan, Edison Cavani, Juan Mata, um, and Andreas Pereira, um, who Fulham actually paid actual real money for, eight million, um, which is astonishing. Um, so that they have all those players leaving either on end of contract or on a free transfer, which is quite quite remarkable. And they've only been replaced, Rosie, with um, a backup left back, a young left back from the Eredivisie, Malaysia, Christian Eriksen. Um, literally resurrected um, and coming to play uh, on a free transfer, and Lissandro Martinez uh, from from Ajax, the famous um, good short centre back. Um, yeah, according to United fans, the the the, uh, the next generation of uh, kind of arrow, but it's um, it's just I can't, I can't I just can't see any like cohesion again. I would have thought if you're getting a manager in. With such a specific brief of what he's been good at, the f- the first two players you need to get rid of, David De Gea and Ronaldo, yeah, because they're the ones that don't fit your system. Yeah. Um, in fact, the complete opposites for what you're going to be trying to do. Yeah. So if you're trying to implement a system and then doing it half-heartedly with two players who are completely the opposite. It's just going to cause you issues. I don't. I can't understand it. And like you said, we're doing this preview a few days before the season's going to start. The window's obviously not shutting yet, so they might still bring in more players. And this might apply to a couple of teams that we spoke about, but particularly Man United, I think. Yeah. The, the Deongs, um, another striker at least. If you're getting rid of Ronaldo, get rid of Ronaldo. Bring in a. At least line up a keeper for next season or something. At least have some plan. There must be a plan in place for their keeper because it makes no sense. You can't play a high line with David De Gea. It's a brilliant um, 20 minutes on YouTube on Redmen TV with John Harrison. Um, and, he, and he goes through the comparison between Alisson and De Gea and what De Gea is good at, which is what you've just spoken about there, which is push or XG and his shot stopping. But he's terrible at everything else. Mm. And it's particularly terrible at the sweeper-keeper stuff. I think Alisson had ten, uh, nine sweeper-keeper actions just against Burnley last season. Yeah. And, and De Gea had nine all yeah. season. It just doesn't make any sense. And, Maguire, and, and, and it's the same with Maguire as well. You've got, you got Maguire. He doesn't want to yeah, play exactly. any space behind as well. So it's exactly. difficult to see. It's, it's, really, it's really difficult to see. They've lost all these players, Rosie. Like, literally eight players. Big, big, big players. You know, very highly paid players. But it's almost like for me, from looking at now, this is like, just say, Ten Hag, the best he can do is hope to survive this season and not get sacked. And then yes. next summer, where he can actually call even more of these players that he, are absolutely no use to him and what he wants to do. And if, then start- if I was Ten Hag, that's what I would be saying to my bosses before this season started. I'm saying, look, I've got rid of the, a, a significant majority of the players that, I'm not, that aren't going to fit my system. We've still got two or three core players, you Maguire, De Gea, Ronaldo's. I'm not being judged based on implementing my system with these two players because it's impossible for me to do it. So I'm going to have to be quite diplomatic. And it's I don't. What's he going to go with? Sorry, what do you reckon? Is he going to go with like the the broken Mourinho press where you press high and drop deep? Because and then how how are you going to get those players into a system that's going to work with United because they haven't got it? They have not got the players. 
to implement what Ten Hag was doing at Ajax. I think, I think the best thing that could happen to United before the season starts is Ronaldo decides he wants to play in Saudi Arabia or China yeah. or something. Yeah. In Let's hope he stays. Yeah. Yeah, Ronaldo's not playing. But I, I yeah, but he's still I, going to be there, though, isn't he? He's still going to be at the club at this, as it stands. He's not familiar with yeah. hmm. And we've had the glorious uh, pre-season from Martial that he does every year. Um, <laughs> so, th- theoretically, Martial and um, Bruno and Rashford could do a thing. And Sancho. Uh, uh, yeah, with Sancho coming uh, to... Well, Bruno could play behind them and he Sancho in. On on uh, one side, on the right, Marshall on the left. Right. Um, it could work. It could be very very high. Um, I I think it's it's really easy to get caught up in two of the two things you're talking about, Rosie. In the what we expect him to replicate what he did at Ajax because that's the only way he could work, and that's just not how coaches. Um, they problem solve and good ones can problem solve and Klopp didn't come in and instantly go 4-2-3-1 and replicate his dormant he, 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 he started to nudge behaviour towards certain principles that he has and we aren't I don't know uh, Ten Hag enough to understand what his principles are what are the key drivers of his principles so, uh, so that's one thing but the second thing is that pressing is the be all and end all in everybody's world you go around five year football and they talk about pressing and there are a lot of shit teams in the Premier League who don't have back so there are lots of teams you don't have to press against because it's pointless and you can get lots of points against those and then figure the pressing out later as you need to That's that. so that would be my guess at what Ten Hag is going to do and, and gradually evolve into whatever high pressing team that he wants you can absolutely win and create Lots and lots of chances without in the Premier League, and that's kind of he will have the ball a lot, and they'll progress uh, in a very expansive way that um, that typical Dutch managers do with with width, underlapping, and getting men in the box, and uh, they absolutely have the players to do that. Yeah, I wouldn't, I wouldn't even say his, his Ajax team, his best Ajax team, was that type of team either, though it was it was it was a, it was a classic. Um... Total football, almost. I mean, in, and it was all about build-up and um, you know individual, you know, distribution across you know all, all of yeah. the back, you know, the back line and midfield. So, um, yeah, but I just don't see how they got the players for that at United either. So, um, do you do you see do you see any 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 significant improvement for them from fifty-eight points and a zero goal difference? I, I think they probably underperformed. In honesty, I think I hate Man United, they, um, but they 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 have players that could easily get. They just do. And the league is shit. 65, maybe? One. 61. Yeah, 65. They could get 65, but I think they're much more likely to get low 60. Okay. Rosie? I think 60 for both Arsenal and United. I think Arsenal will be higher than that. I, I have a higher opinion on Arsenal than either of you two, because I, I like the, the lads that play there, and I think they'll be in a natural progression because that's what kids do. They get better. And they've got really, really good, high quality. I agree with that. I just can't predict it. Yeah. yeah. They've also got more games than last season because of the Europa League. Yeah. Just, That's yeah. true. Um, and so I think they'll get... I think that the City are going to get um, between 91 and 93 points. I'm going 93. 
um, and Liverpool's role in 19. Two points. So I feel like that's our high point, 102, if Thiago plays 3,000 minutes. And I think 95 is our low. I, I'm going with a 98-point title victory. End it now, Dan. Dan, end it now. On that bombshell, <laughs> <laughs> we are going to bid you farewell. And it's been the monster um, monster preseason preview. Let's see how we're going to do. Um, Rosie's going to edit in part of his contribution to this as well. Good Lord. Right. <laughs> We will be back next Monday for this first UP for real of the season against Fulham. Um, and it's the big one this Saturday lunchtime. Uh, and until then, up the fucking Reds. We hope you enjoyed listening to this Anfield Index show. Please be sure to subscribe to our channel so future podcasts find their way to your device automatically. There's nothing quite like fan engagement. And we'd love to know what you think of anything discussed on this show. The best way to get in touch is over on our free Discord community, where both podcasters and listeners debate the hottest LFC topics 24-7. Sign up free now at anfieldindex.com forward slash Discord. You won't regret it. You can also follow us on Twitter at Anfield Index and find us on Facebook by searching for Anfield Index. Oh, and before you go... We'd love it if you could leave us a five-star review on your favourite podcast app. It only takes a couple of seconds, and it means the world to the people who create these free shows. Sports Social Podcast Network.